This is the Rich Eisen Show. They're coming for your souls. I keep saying it over and over and over again. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. They're not only coming for your souls, they are coming to mess you up. Not just beat you, but dispatch you. That's the Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. ESPN college basketball analyst, Jay Billis. Bill's running back, James Cook. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We are live on the Roku channel. Every single day between 12 and 3 Eastern time, we say hello to everybody who's watching there. We also say hello to anybody who's listening on the Rich Eisen Show terrestrial radio network, Coast to Coast, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. And uh, in case you're wondering, uh, here on this summer solstice day, longest day of the year, show still three hours. So we're here for you between 12 and 3 Eastern. We're not expanding our hours just because yeah. planet Earth is expanding its hours today here on you, the summer solstice. You don't want to do like three hours and 10 minutes. Longest maybe. day of the year, but the show stays like before. <laughs> 3.15. That's a Godfather Part 2 reference. That's why Mike laughed. He got that. That means we could do like two and a half hours in the winter on the shortest We day. could. You know what I mean? But no, it's three hours that day. Uh, so we don't cheat and we don't add. Uh, we're just here 12, and th- 12 to 3 Eastern every single day. Um, and we re-air as soon as we're over. Uh, Chris Brockman, Mike Del Tufo, and Good their morning, spots. Rich. TJ Jefferson, Rich. Candles already lit. Good to see you over there, sir. What up, Rich? Oh, I'll tell you what's up. Yeah, tell me. Uh, <laughs> me I'm curious. Uh, I'll tell you what's up. Uh, the National up. Basketball Association draft. What else we could talk Tomorrow. about? Right I mean, look, look, uh, we're, we're, we're in the, uh, the part of the year um, where, uh, we're, you know, it's not much going on. But uh, what we've got going on is the birth of a star that everybody knows about because it was, what did he say, was it right around this time last year when Victor Wembanyama's video, I guess, parade began on social media, YouTube, like, look at this dude, look at this guy. And remember the first time I saw him play out there in Paris, um, I'm like, does this guy exist? Like, what's going on? <laughs> this, but this was before AI, right? Where, <laughs> or the uh, the explosion of AI. He looks like, honestly, like an artificially intelligent uh, yeah, basketball like player. Avatar. He doesn't look real. He's everything that you want in a player in this modern day. Um, basketball era in which we reside he shoots threes he's he's bit, he's taller than everybody he's making maneuvers with his body that you just really only see from somebody like Giannis right and um and last year it was wow here comes the next Giannis and now Jokic is a defending champ and he he did everything and maybe this kid can do everything too because that's the way we're getting set up that he's everything that any team in the NBA would want and tank for. And the San Antonio Spurs are going to get him. At this point on Friday, we'll talk about the new Spur. We're all waiting to see Victor Wembanyama out there. And this is the reason why he uh, not only threw out the first pitch last night in, um, in Yankee Stadium... But um, this is the reason why he had his press conference today, the day before the NBA draft, 
front and center. And if the NBA is putting him right out there because he is also a dream come true for them. This is what he had to say about what his goal in his career going into this highly anticipated NBA career. This is what he says his goal is. Roll it. I'm, I'm trying to be the best. So being the best, it's not only on the court. You know, there's whole dimensions of the in, in the job of a basketball player, of an NBA player. And I want to be the best also at the, the media, the press conference, and all this stuff. So it's, uh, you know, I don't like to do things halfway. So I'm trying to enjoy it, and I, and I enjoy it. That's exactly what the association wants. Face of the NBA draft in 2023, face of the rookie class coming in, face of the league next year. All due respect to Jokic and the Denver Nuggets and LeBron and everybody else. And man, next week, are we just going to be full of where's Lillard going to go? What's happening there? Or that could happen tomorrow night. Zion, Harden, name any bold face name player in the association that is going to be up for grabs or rumored to be up for grabs in the new league year and free agency season. Chris Paul, who's on a book tour right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all about Victor Wembanyama next year. And the San Antonio Spurs are so excited to get him and he's excited to be had by them. This is what he had to say about learning about going to the Spurs. You know, for me, San Antonio is synonym of winning. And um, it's uh, when uh, on lottery night, you know, when the when the Spurs got the number one pick, I was I was just thinking I was I was feeling lucky that they got the pick uh, as a as a franchise that has that culture and that that uh, that experience in, in, in winning and in making creating good players, you know. So uh, I really can't wait. Now you could be sitting here and saying, okay, he's already playing the game and the fact that he knows what to say and how to say it. And really the San Antonio Spurs winning recency bias. Yeah. They haven't been winning lately. Five rings, man. But the era of five rings included a run with Tony Parker on it. And that can't be discounted for a kid from France to have Tony Parker's team mm-hmm. draft him, he means every syllable that he just said. Yeah, and Tony Parker owns the team in the French League that Wembyana played for so this year. This means everything to yeah. him. And with all due respect to the Hornets and the Blazers and all the other teams that won the Rich Eisen Show mock draft lottery as we ran the lottery Ooh. over and over and over yeah. again. And had five, I think the Bulls got a pick Bulls, once. Bulls, Hornets, right. Blazers. Uh, Wizards. Yeah, Wizards. Pistons. With all due respect to all of them, this so is close. the team that I think he wanted. Like, if he had his dream and his brothers, he would have chosen the Spurs. I honestly think, too, TJ, maybe you agree. It's the best-case scenario for the league as a whole that he goes to the Spurs. The, the legacy of Tim Duncan and David Robinson, Greg Popovich, one of the best coaches in NBA history. I think it's best-case scenario for the long-term success of this kid that he went to San Antonio. And you mentioned Tony Parker. You know, Boris Diaw also won a title with the Spurs, so there's another French connection there. So you're right. It kind of 
kind of seems like it was appropriate. Yeah, and obviously Mount Ginobili, Ginobili, I mean, this is a team that's been known as being a, sort of like the United Nations yeah. of the yeah. NBA. International friendly. Pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, and and just one last thing, in case you're really believing that Wembanyama's maybe selling a bill of goods about the Spurs, uh, uh, learning about it on the lottery draft night, I'll never forget lottery draft night, seeing his reaction. Just take a look right there. There he is. <laughs> the Wemby and Wendy show. <laughs> but like, Welcomed into the NBA look, by, by, by Wendy. Channel right now, yeah. look at the size of his fingers. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't... It's longer than the microphone. Holy crap! <laughs> and I, I, all you had to do is just see last night's Instagram photograph of him gripping the baseball that he, you know, threw wide... In, in, inside wide, the wide, wide, wide left, but that's his left hand. It, it looks like he's holding a walnut. <laughs> golf it's like ball. Of, holding a golf ball. The ultimate palm ball in Jeez. the history of Major League Baseball. Look at him grip that baseball. I love his caption of just LMA. I know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, the dude's fingernails are like four inches long. Well, <laughs> well, so you know, long. I mean, I assume one of the first things he can do is get a manicure once he gets into the NBA. How? How is his hands going to fit under that thing? It won't. Well, I mean, what is under that thing? What's you know, the, they, like, the, the automatic. I've never been. I've seen it. The dry, the dry thing. You can get a manicure without the dry thing. Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the, the nail clipper might have to be a lawnmower. <laughs> a weed whacker. Got a weed whack his nails. I mean, good lord. He's just a fascinating figure. He's just a fascination already. And so I'll ask this question of you. If you're the NBA schedule makers. Yes. Christmas. Opening night. Opening night. <laughs> yeah. Do you have him home? Yep. You do. Yeah. You, you want don't him, you send him, him you don't, home. Well, let's see. LeBron started his career send, in Sacramento. Well, if I'm not mistaken, there's some summer league games in Sacramento where he's going to play. He may not play. Or he's going to go he may and not play. Somebody. Well, I mean, the idea is that he could show up in Vegas. He could. Ugh. He's also plans. He does want to play um, for, uh, I think, the French team in, in an international competition that's being held in between August and September. Yeah, if I'm the Spurs, I say sorry. I would just put him. <laughs> yeah, I, I would put playing. him away. <laughs> yeah, you're not playing. But um, the NBA wants to have him out there. So where do you put him? Do you put him in San Antonio against who? I think you send the Lakers there right away. Or do you send him do you send the Nuggets there? Well, the you Nuggets can't, you are can't gonna be the opening nuggets. night. You can't have the Nuggets open on the so road. So then you you well, and then then you have him open on the road. Do you send him to Madison Square Garden? His one trip to New York? Is that what you do? If you're the schedule maker, the whole world mm. is going to be interested in seeing Good him. One. And Good what question. is the best way for you to get maximum buzz? Because you know well, maximum it's going to be in October. Is, it's going to be amidst the NFL and college football season. Yeah, but maximum buzz is Tuesday night. It's the late game, Turner. It's Spurs at Lakers. That's maximum buzz. LeBron. He starts his NBA career yeah, on the, the same court as the all-time leading yep, scorer. The 10:30 Eastern late game, boom. That's a no-brainer, I think. And then you have him go home to face the Nuggets, or that's just not fair. 
Eh. Or his home opener is just is what it is. I think home opener kind of is what it is. Could be Dallas, could be Houston, could be an inner Texas thing. But I think you want maximum eyeballs. Yes. LeBron James, maybe his final NBA season, at least the final one in L.A., we're, yes. we're all assuming. Wemby in L.A., let's go. I mean, and game then, one is fine, but like I said, do you want maximum eyeballs? He's got to play on December 25th. Oh, sure. Like that. That's oh, yeah. where you're going to yeah, get Yeah, he's them. a Christmas day for sure. But yeah. opening night. The, well, if the, you want maximum eyeballs next month, Bastille Day, him versus <laughs> but Nick Batum, one-on-one. Let's go. Clippers, Clippers and Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> Evan Fournier, you know, an all-French right. July 14th Bastille Day, one-on-one. Well done. <laughs> Are we the day. only show talking Bastille uh, Day? <laughs> You guys. <laughs> we are the only show focused on Bastille. Okay. I can I can I can safely say that. Hilarious. So it is awesome. It's awesome. I'm excited. You know, the like you know, you haven't had a, a buzz for a rookie like this in a long time, mm-hmm. TJ. When I guess it's been a few years there was some buzz for Zion. Uh, some buzz? No, Zion was our first, like, YouTube superstar. But there wasn't a buzz on Zion's location. I think Pelicans winning the first round, the the number one pick that year, was kind of a letdown because everyone was hoping it would be New York for maximum buzz. But LeBron and Zion, it's been a long time since there's been this type of hype for a number one pick. Here we go. It's going to be a lot of fun. Jay Billis, part of the ESPN coverage of the NBA draft. He will be on this program in seven minutes' time to discuss it. Um, Hour number two, we will dive back into the worldwide leader in sports pool, our friend RG3. He's an anytime guest talking football with Robert Griffin III. Um, His thoughts on what happened with Stephon Diggs and how to put that to bed. Will it be able, will the Bills be able to put that to bed? Conversations, obviously, that we won't get answers to until September, but it is the longest day of the year. Um, So he will be joining us. James Cook of the Buffalo Bills. He'll be on this phone in hour number three to have a conversation with him. I have a top five list. Top five most overlooked make-or-break players in the NFL this year. Ooh, interesting. Most overlooked make-or-break players in the NFL this year. Aaron Rodgers, obviously, not overlooked. Mac Jones. Is he a make-or-break player this year? For himself. Is he really? <laughs> maybe for maybe for Bill Belichick, since you <laughs> think Bill's on the hot seat. Hot seat. Oh, God. We need to, I'm going to do a top five guys on the hot seat this year. <laughs> All right. Do that for tomorrow's show. It's the second longest day of the year tomorrow. Still be three hours. Um, and then there's you, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We had a full-blown replay controversy in Major League Baseball last night that cost the Texas Rangers a game. We will talk about that. And again, phone calls, phones are already lit. Love seeing that. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Roku channel and more. The great Jay Billis. We will call him to the stand or to the bench or to the bar when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O, O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the program once again, um, Victor Wembanyama. Showing a shot of his left hand holding a baseball, making it look that like ridiculous. What does that look like? A a squash ball? Like a, it know. looks ridiculous. The first time I saw it, I had to look at it like twice. I'm like, what? Is, what is this? It's it's like a somebody's split finger fastballs a palm ball. It's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So you had a great idea, TJ. You started taking, you grabbed a baseball and put it in everybody's hands to Just see what it looked like. Yeah. Right? So that's in Wembanyama's left hand. We all gripped a baseball with our left hand. See how it is. Uh, here's mine first. What do you think there? Okay. Yeah, your pinky and thumbs aren't touching. <laughs> well, by the way, good thing I cut my nails last night. They were really long. Uh, let's see Brockman. There you go. There's Chris. Oh, yeah. wow. Not not the same. Nope. No. Not the same. Uh, TJ. TJ. Okay. Okay. A little bit. All I mean, right. TJ is 6'3", so yeah. Let's see. Let's see Del Tufo. Let's see Mike Del Tufo. <laughs> I held it loose. <laughs> what do you mean you held it loose? Like a pearl? Yeah, I held it loose. <laughs> his thumb and pinkies are touching. That's so ridiculous. And, and, and his middle finger is not touching his thumb because the other two fingers, fingers around it are. <laughs> it's just like, what? Like, I can't. He envelops the baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm holding, like, it looks it's like wild. an AirPod case in my, I mean, like, that's what that, that looks like. TJ, go pick up a golf ball. It's, like, kind of like us holding a golf ball, I think. You think so? Okay. TJ, pick one up. Hold on. You can, hold on. You're going to go. Yeah, it's pretty much it. Imagine throwing that at 60 feet, six inches. Yeah. I mean, and by the way, 
Guys from France, how many baseballs do you think Wembanyama's ever thrown? Zero. Everybody that might have been, been the first. Honestly. I don't think it was that bad of a pitch for all things considered. No, no I don't think so at all. You've seen Kelsey it. No. Yeah. You've seen athletes Honestly. Like, who have played baseball before. Carl Willis. Exactly. 50 Cent makes him look like Cy Young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. One of our favorites, it is NBA draft time. So it's time to bring Jay Billis of the worldwide leader in sports back here on this program. How are you, Jay Billis? I'm great, Rich, but if I were Wembanyama's agent, I would not have allowed him to throw out the first pitch. What's well, the upside of that? Well, um, he's just, he, I mean, it's the America's so-called pastime. Uh, he's now in America. I don't know. Why? Because he, he didn't find the plate? Is that why? What do you? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the primary reason. Have you ever done that before? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, I have. I threw out the first pitch, the, the, the first pitch in a Charlotte Knights minor league game, the second game of their uh, opening of their new stadium. How'd you do? And uh, I, was, I was shockingly nervous. You know, I played baseball in high school okay. and uh, was shockingly nervous until I realized nobody gave a rat's ass. Nobody's even watching. <laughs> well, and, uh, here's, how, I, here's how it works, I Jay. I asked the catcher, yeah. but I asked the catcher, like, you know, what, what, what uh, you know, what, what, there's a lot of downside to this. And he goes, don't worry about it. He goes, Jim Tomey threw out the first pitch last night and hit the backstop. And huh. so I felt a lot better about it. Well, as you know, uh, the only way somebody sees it is if it's a fail. Right. There was one guy in Fenway Park who hit the mascot of the Red Sox directly in the nuts. Um, you know, 50 Cent, Mariah Carey, Travis Kelsey recently. And then he had a makeup uh, a couple weeks ago and did very well. Uh, my uh, first pitch in Dodger Stadium a few years ago, um, I would have hit a right handed hitter, but I believe the lefty would have swung over the junk. So I think uh, it just depends on who was standing in the batter's box. For me, Jay. yeah, I just, I just don't, I wouldn't want to lollipop one in there and uh, and have have that be shown for the yeah. remainder of your career because the rest of what this guy does is transformational. He's he's that good of a player. So let's get into that then, Jay. By the way, great transition. Jay Bell is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, is Wembanyama the greatest prospect you have witnessed since LeBron? Do you think, Jay? Definitely since LeBron, he's the, he's the best. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, I've never seen anybody like him. And the only thing I could really liken it to at my age was, uh, was playing against Ralph Sampson in college. But it, you have to use the caveat that if Ralph Sampson were born 20 years ago, 19 years ago, he would have been raised in the game perhaps to do things like Wembenyama does it. Um, he, Wembenyama is a 6'2 guard in a 7'4 body. <laughs> and, and he, his skill level is amazing, especially when you consider that size. It just it, it, it sort of defies everything you know we've been uh, conditioned to expect from a big guy. You know, he, he handles it like a guard. He's fluid. He can shoot it. Uh, but then you add in that size and length and athleticism, and his defensive impact uh, will be profound, especially as he gets older and matures. Like. He can switch out. He's not just a shot blocker in and around the lane. He can switch out on a pick and roll and and pick up a guard or a wing and give the give the offensive player like six seven feet of space and take away the drive and still recover on a step back jumper and block the shot. 
he he played in the same division as Rudy Gobert. And uh, and Gobert in his time there, I think it was 27 games, if I remember right. And uh, Wembenyama had 34 games, so seven more games. But he blocked over 50 more shots in that time period. And uh, he's an extraordinary talent. And and the question I ask myself, Rich, that that I just honestly don't know the answer to, and it's a hard thing to wrap your head around, is if you had an 18-year-old LeBron coming out of St. Vincent, St. Mary's right now, mm-hmm. and you dismissed what he, what he became, you know, obviously, uh, and that's really hard to do because uh, you would take the bird in the hand uh, if, if you had the choice. But you put him up against, if they were in the same draft this year, with uh, with a 19-year-old Victor Wembanyama, uh, you'd be scratching your head over the right thing to do. That's how that's how transformational this guy can be, and frankly is. And he's going to absent injury. That's the only thing that derails this is injury. And he's shown no history of injury, no hint of it. Uh, and in fact, does a lot of injury prevention stuff that is uh, is sort of next level for for his uh, where he is in the game. So, let me just hit that last point. If you had the 18-year-old LeBron coming out of high school in from in Akron right now, and the 19-year-old Wembanyama coming out of where he's coming out of right now, you truly would be grinding tape and having a, a table-pounding conversation with your staff as to what's the right thing to do for real. I would, yeah, I would, and I don't know that 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 you'd have to watch tape that much. You you just be going, okay, you've got a guy that you know is going to be – you've got two guys that you know are going to be great. Um, LeBron had the body that you're going, nothing stops this body, um, absent, uh, you know, running into a truck in the street. Like, he, he, you knew there was going to be no issues with durability. There is that lingering thought in the back of your mind that, that, uh, that Wembanyama is, is slight of build. But so was Kevin Durant. Like, remember when Kevin Durant came out of Texas in 07? I think it was 07. Uh, he, he couldn't bench press 185 at the one time at the combine. Mm-hmm. And we were all losing our minds over that as if they stopped games and have bench press contests in order to continue to play. <laughs> and, and that's not been an issue. And I don't think his, his frame is going to be an issue because of the way the game's played. He, he's not having to bang up against... Nate Thurmond and uh, and Artis Gilmore down the low post. That's not the way the game's played anymore. It's certainly not the way he's going to play. He's uh, he plays all over the floor, and uh, and his impact is huge at both ends of the floor. Both ends of the floor. Um, he's he's can't miss absent injury, and that's the, I really believe that's the only thing that 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 has a chance to even even come close to derailing. What, what is like, you know, very likely to be a Hall of Fame career. When you mentioned the bench press uh, at the Combine, uh, Jay Billis brings up the story of Deion Sanders uh, many times at the Combine, part of NFL Network's coverage, when he was watching defensive backs put up 225 with weight and reps and try to bench press. He's like, why are we making these guys do this? I never had to put Jerry Rice across my chest and lift him, <laughs> is what he would say. You know, it's, and, and it, it's a, a similar aspect to the game and the combine, and, and and again, evaluating talent. So I have to ask you, this being sports talk radio as well, making that choice, 18-year-old LeBron, 19-year-old Victor Wembanyama, what choice would you make, Jay? I would I would probably lean toward Wembanyama because I still have this old-school idea that the size and length is uh, is preferable, but... but um, you know, it, it it goes back like I, I've been able to dismiss, 
you know, my old school thinking back in the day of like 15 years ago that, you know, you always take the bigger guy that you go with. Uh, and Odin, Greg Odin was derailed by injury. I don't I think he would have been great absent injury. But, uh, you know, you you would default to the bigger guy back then over Kevin Durant. And, you know, looking back, that seems ludicrous. And mm. we'll do the same thing, not with, I, I don't think with Wembanyama, but with other prospects in this draft. There, there hasn't been a draft in the 21 years I've been doing it where five years later you wouldn't have drafted in a different order. Um, that happens every year that somebody who's ninth winds up being better than somebody who's third or something like that. It's an inexact science. And, you know, there's been nobody that's been able to figure it out. You just do the best you can. But there are certain things where, you know, it's kind of like if, if if you brought me or some schlep like me on to say, <laughs> uh, give us analysis of Usain Bolt. Like, what, what are you going to say? Like, boy, he gets out of the blocks quickly, and boy, his form is really good. You're like, forget it. All you have to do is watch it. He's the fastest guy. Like, take him. Um, after you watch Wembanyama, you know, you don't have to go through all the attributes. You look, look at it. It's, it's crazy how good this guy is. And it was the same thing with LeBron. You know, you talk about all the attributes, but you're like, dude, this guy's different. And and we're, we're talking about LeBron and, and Wembanyama as being different from – your your number one pick in in other years that are going to be great players like you know 21 years of this you've seen a number of hall of fame players go through but there haven't been any i've felt like uh like uh, i have about lebron and uh and and there've been none that you feel like uh like you feel about Wembanyama so before we move on to the rest of the draft jay billis of espn here on the rich eisen show how will greg popovich mold this piece of clay in uh, in Wembanyama, how do you think this is the match made in heaven that we all assume it is, Jay? Well, he, he's like uh, he, he's like the equivalent of a queen on a chessboard. You can put him in a lot of different situations, and and he can do so many things because he's got so many amazing attributes to his game. Uh, he's gonna, I think he's gonna become a much more reliable shooter. Like he only shoots like 30% from three point range, but the, the shot is beautiful, but he's a, he shoots well over 80% from the free throw line. That guy has a, has a shooting touch and it's nearly unblockable when, when he shoots it, he shoots it from above the rim at the start. He starts above the rim. Uh, and, and shoots a really good ball. Like he, he's offensively very, very gifted. Uh, but he's especially gifted on the defensive end. Like the the impact he has on both ends of the floor, uh, you just can't think of of there there. There's been nobody like him. He's he's unique, and you know, like I think even LeBron said it, um, and it was very well stated. Like it seems like we talk about unicorns all the time. This guy's a unicorn, as if there are herds. Now it seems like we have herds of unicorns around. And he goes, this guy's not a unicorn. He's an alien. Mm. And and I, I I thought that was very well said. Like we don't have enough adjectives to talk about how good this guy is at this age and how good he's gonna be. Um, it's uh, and I think Adrian Wojnarowski said he's the best prospect in, in the history of team sports. You know, I don't know enough about other sports to say, but uh, uh, and, and you know, I was just a kid when uh, when. Uh, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out of UCLA. I was like six years old, so I was not very good in my draft analysis at that time. Maybe I'm not that good right now, <laughs> but but he was he was the no-brainer of no-brainers. Like he, he was the greatest offensive weapon the game had ever seen. 
but the game has changed now, and you don't have low post players like that. Um, they don't want to clog the middle. He, he, people can go in the post, but they go in for a short period and get out. So he's not going to have to be a grinding big guy. He's a he's a perimeter oriented big. Um, that his strides. I mean, he can he can get to the basket for in, in not only in one dribble, he can pivot at the three point line and, and one long stride get all the way to the basket with that length. Finish uh, you know finish with a dunk. Mm. Jay Billis here on the Rich Eisen Show. So the drama of the draft, the first drama of the draft, will be what the Charlotte Hornets do at two. What is the conversation about Scoot Henderson versus Brandon Miller that will be a domino that tumbles into Portland, and that might actually tumble into what they do with Damian Lillard, and that might tumble into free agency. So there's a lot of intrigue, drama, and importance about what the Hornets do it to. What do you think they do, Jay? I think they take Brandon Miller out of Alabama because he can shoot it. Um, he's 6'9", uh, very athletic, uh, rebounds his position very effectively. He actually, as an offensive rebounder, he gets a number of his own misses. He's quick to the ball, but he can really shoot. Um, he, uh, he shoots it uh, off the catch, off pick-and-roll situations. Um, he's pretty good at creating his own. Uh, and, and I think he's, uh, he's a good defender. Like he can, he can rim protect a little bit and he can switch out and guard. He's not a lockdown guy, but he can guard, uh, Henderson, Scoot Henderson has played two years in the G league and his numbers, uh, not only compare favorably, they're better than Jalen greens were. And he was the number two pick in the draft a couple of years ago. They're better than, than his were out of the G league, better offensive rating, more assists, uh, more rebounds, all that stuff. Henderson is, uh, He's only 6'2", maybe 6'3", at the most. Uh, but he's got arms of a guy 6'9", and, hmm. and he can really attack in transition, off the dribble, play make for himself and others, really good passer. Um, but he's just he hasn't figured out the shooting piece yet. He's not a, he's not a consistent perimeter shooter, uh, and, and that's one thing that he's got to add to his game to be even more effective. With Miller, that's already figured out. He, 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 can, shoot the, he can shoot the lights out uh, and one of the best scorers and shooter scorers in the, in the draft. So if that leaves Scoot Henderson for Portland, do you think that's a, a fit with Lillard? How do you think that, again, I know I'm, I'm leaving the uh, X's and O's um, and tape grinding and evaluation of players laying a bit here, but how, how do you think that that meshes with Lillard and the future of Damian Lillard in Portland if it is, in fact, Scoot Henderson sitting there at three? Jay? I don't really know, Rich. I don't know kind of what demands that, that Lillard is making or can make that, that you know you want to look at fit to keep him happy, to keep him. Uh, I'm not sure what, what that dynamic is, but mm-hmm. if it's best player available at number three and, and you have uh, Miller off the board already to Charlotte, uh, I think Henderson is the, the clear pick there uh, as best available player. But uh, there are other good options there. Um, but you're, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that it's, uh, you know, it's Wembanyama one without argument. And then, uh, and then I think Charlotte's going Miller and then, uh, and then Henderson. But, I, you know, I, I don't you – know, I haven't talked to anybody in Charlotte about it, but people I know – you know, there has been discussion. Uh, you'd be an idiot not to discuss it, but my guess is that it's going to be Miller uh, at two. But, but uh, it wouldn't shock me to see, to see Henderson off the board at two, but, but it would surprise me. Okay. Who else are we not talking about that you think we should be going into this draft, Jay Billis? 
there are a couple guys like you know the the Thompson twins, not the uh, very average band from the '80s, but uh, Amen and Asar Thompson out of Overtime Elite. They're freak athletes, uh, different players, but uh, but freaky athletically, and and so they're upside picks that that are likely to go in the in the first seven. They could go four and five, um, but there are a couple guys I really like. Uh, I like Cam Whitmore uh, out of Villanova. Uh, you know, he had some injury uh, issues during the season, so he didn't have a continuous year. But NBA body, ridiculous athlete, attacks the rim like few others. And I think uh, I think he's uh, he's going to be a very good NBA player. But, you know, he can guard multiple spots, get steals and deflections and all that. But, you know, you look at his body and, and watch him athletically, and, and he's NBA. Uh, he has NBA written all over him. But there's a player that was kind of unknown coming into to college, uh, Central Florida, playing for Johnny Dawkins, and that's Taylor Hendricks, who's a, a prototypical kind of 3-and-D stretch four, can really shoot it, uh, mostly catch and shoot, but he's got a beautiful stroke from three and uh, and a very good defender and rebounder. Uh, so I think he's one of those guys that fits into the NBA mold as a stretch four that can really stretch a defense and knock down shots. Because uh, there are a number of players that in this draft that are are really talented and really intriguing, but they're missing kind of the shooting piece. Um, and in a league that that puts a premium on shooting, uh, Hendricks um, Hendricks can shoot it out of the gate. You know, you don't have to. It's not like oh, if he really can improve his shooting, he's got the shooting. Uh, so I think he's going to be a high pick, whether he goes six, seven, nine, whatever. Uh, he, he's a he's a great value in this draft. Well, great Thompson Twins reference, Jay. You know, you had me at that one. But we all know the most impactful '80s duo was either Millie and Vanilli or uh, or Wham. We all know that, right, Jay? When oh, you go back to the Wham UK days. Sure. Um, yeah. But you, you're not the '80s were, you know, and that was our era. Yep. Uh, you know, high school, college. I graduated college in or high school in '82, so I had '78 to '82 in high school. Mm-hmm. And the '80s were what a horrible decade for music. <laughs> oh, stop! Really, that's oh, quite my. an evaluation, Jay. That's quite an evaluation. Well, na- name me the icon. The '70s were. Phenomenal. Okay. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the 80s, and, and like, what was our, what, what, what's our touchstone of the 80s? Like, Boy George? I, I hear you. Um, aha, right? But uh, you're, you're forgetting, like, Madonna? Come on now. Let's, let's, not, let's not lose the plot here, Jay. I How mean... much Madonna do you have on your, your playlist now? <laughs> well, now you're getting into uncomfortable territory that I don't know if I'm willing to share, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, not much. I agree with you. I understand. Um, but, Mike, you want to chime in here? You seem I like mean, you want to jump I, in I, here. Jay, come on. The 80s were amazing. How could you not say that? I love the 70s. I'm an AM gold guy. I love my AM gold. Which is my AM radio from New York. Aha! Uh-huh. You're forgetting Aha! Uh-huh. You all the hair bands, right? Bon Jovi. Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh was like take YouTube. me on with yeah. the uh, uh, the pencil drawing video on MTV. Yes, yes. one hit wonder. One- yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's like- not on my playlist either. Mm. Okay, Jay. Very good. Dexy's Midnight Runners. Uh, have a great draft. Have a great draft. I'll be I'll be checking you out as always. Thank you, sir. Appreciate Boy, it. And I'm going into the draft on a downer thinking about 80s music now. I got to turn on some 70s or 90s to get out of this. What's your go to? What's your go to in the 70s then? What's your go to? Oh, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin. No, okay. no argument there. Okay. Very good. Stairway to the greatest fans of all time. The, the greatest rock song of all time is Gimme Shelter. Oh, 
Oh, I look at you. You are just you. you, By the way, you're ready for the draft. You're evaluating. You're just giving out opinions. Look at you going. I, I, this is great. Jimmy Shelter I, is the Victor Wembanyama of the seven. <laughs> like the queen on the chessboard. That was another great reference. I appreciate that. Uh, great uh, analogy. Jay, have a great one. Appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Take care. It's Jay Billis, everybody, as always. At Rich Eisen Show, better decade for music, 70s, 80s, or 90s. Perfect. Perfect. I love that. Look at us just falling into it on the longest day of the year. I love it. I thought that that is an amazing analogy about Victor Wembanyama, the queen on the chessboard. Oh, I thought you meant being gimme shelter. No, <laughs> the queen on the chessboard can, you know, do everything. Do everything. Yeah. He can go diagonally. He can go vertically. He can go horizontally. Vertical. You can go backwards. Backwards. You can go backwards. You can do everything. You lose your queen, it's over. It game, is game, over. Game done. <laughs> I love it. I'm glad he brought up Ralph Sampson because that's been my comp for Vic this whole time. At 7-4, Ralph Sampson was ahead of his time. The way the guy could run an offense, he could dribble, he could shoot. Basketball hadn't seen a player with that skill set at that size before. And if Ralph Sampson didn't get hurt, I mean, he averaged, I think, 22 and 12 his first three seasons with the Rockets before injuries kind of took his career away. To me, that's the closest thing. You know, everyone's going to say Giannis and KD, but, you know, I've watched a lot of Ralph Sampson on YouTube, Rich, and I don't know. Go back and watch some of his stuff. That, that guy was amazing. And then Ewing came along after that, yeah. and off we went. When the Admiral came by and Duncan, right? But, Shaq. Like, but you know, Ewing what, was legitimately like 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, You're talking Ralph Sampson at 7'4". Right. Yeah. Every bit well, of I'm it. just talking yeah. about at the center position. Oh, the center, yeah. I miss, I miss, you know, that's why I was glad, you know, Joker did what he did because I'm an old school basketball fan. I love the era of the big man, of the center. And it was like this guy finally kind of brought the center back. Well, and 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 that to me, I was going to ask that of, of Jay, but I know he had a run and – we got stuck in 70s, 80s music a little bit. And that did lead to a, a poll question that I'm curious to get answers from our audience to. But the impact of Jokic in this league, and I understand it's stupid to say that when the guy was back-to-back MVPs, but now we're talking about his impact because he won it all mm-hmm. with a terrific team and cast and yeah, coach. Great coach. Um, but... What will the impact be? Is there going to be one? Or is it just going to be, let's go find our Jokic in the second round during some fast food commercial? You know, <laughs> good, good luck with that. I, I know. <laughs> um, and, and we'll ask that question over the next couple of days and, and into next week uh, as, the, as the draft moves on. But that's just an interesting question I'm going to have while I watch the draft tomorrow night play out for sure. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take your phone calls before we take that of Robert Griffin III. Talk some ball. Because you know, That's the way we roll here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? 
Sleep number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number, sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. First up is the point guard from the Venice Beach locals, uh, Sidney Dean. Great handle, mm-hmm. uh, uh, somewhat of a trash talker, a little mm-hmm. bit of a gym rat, mm-hmm. and, uh, but really hustles uh, out on the floor. That's right. <laughs> uh, he is undersized and tends to over dribble a little bit. And, uh, and he also tends to hustle in a, in a negative fashion. But he has played against quality competition, including Freeman Williams, uh, Nigel Miguel, who played at UCLA, Marcus Johnson was in that movie. Yeah. And then Gary Moeller, who played at uh, UC Santa Barbara, whose dad pitched for the Dodgers, Joe Moeller. <laughs> Next up is, is from uh, Hickory High School, uh, shooting guard Jimmy Chitwood. Jimmy Chitwood, spot-up shooter, uh, uh, tends to demand the ball, uh, especially in huddles. Uh, he'll make his teammates better, although not particularly supportive of Ollie. Uh, when he uh, took that free throw, those free throws at the end of the game, the underhands against uh, the underhanded free throws against Cedar Knob yeah. was the opponent. And uh, who doesn't enjoy saying Cedar Knob on national radio? Uh, the problem, he's, he's not always motivated, and uh, Jimmy Chitwood tends to get a little chummy with the alumni. And I think a little questionable relationship with his teacher, Barbara Hershey. Wow. I think that's wow. Wow. All right, last one for you. Uh, this is a, he, he plays tons of position, guard, forward, and center from Beacon Hills High School, uh, Teen Wolf. Jay, what do you think about his uh, abilities? Teen here? Wolf, whose name uh, in the film was Scott Howard mm-hmm. uh, when he wasn't, uh, wasn't a wolf. Um, great vertical leap, plays above the rim. Uh, I think you could refer to him uh, literally and figuratively as a beast. Uh, only 5'3", but plays much bigger. Yep. Uh, the problem is he comes from a small town in Nebraska, so he'd have to cut family ties. Mm. Uh, and then he's uh, occasionally violent, although his hair is perfect. That may be Jay Billis's finest hour in the history of our program. Pretty good. Maybe one. Uh, it has to be. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network. Let's take some phone calls uh, here on our program. Uh, Terzo and I will all, all rise. rise. First and first up, as always, Come what's up, Terzo? How are you, brother? Uh, I'm doing well, Rich. Happy you're uh, back in the driver's seat. It was uh, Thank you. good uh, having some uh, guest hosts. They Thank always you. do a great job in your absence. You're a kind so, man for saying fun. that. I appreciate their work and, uh, and your call. What's up? Hey, so, Rich, I got a couple things I'm going to kind of – go back to what you guys were talking about with Dame yesterday, whether you take him over Zion. And I think I'm in your boat with that one as well, too. I'm, I can't trust Zion to stay on the court and I'm taking Dame. And that's why I want to see him get traded here in the next 24 hours. You know, I'm really hoping that he's out of Portland and, and somewhere else. Well, I'm I just, just don't see any of these. 
You know, I, I, I'm with you, Terzo. Um, the question I have here, and I, I appreciate you, your calling as always, um, is, is what does he want? And I, I, he hasn't publicly declared it, which, by the way, is par for his course, totally on brand, that he doesn't come out and say, this is what I want publicly. I'm just wondering, has he done that privately? And how will that inform the Blazers tomorrow night and moving forward, Terzo? I would have to, I'd have to think so just because of the Adebayo talk. But I just don't see Miami wanting to trade Adebayo because then that, you're kind of just doing the same thing as Portland with, um, with having that third overall pick and then a veteran point guard already there. Well, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking rumors, conjecture, and whatnot. Um, if you're the Blazers, you choose Scoot Henderson and acquire Bam Adebayo, you're – what do you think? That's why this is so important. Dame seems like he wants to stay. Despite everybody I else wanting you. him to leave. But he wants, he wants to ring. stay and he wants the team to get better. But I don't think he's going to demand a trade. Doesn't seem like it. Because he knows like if it. it doesn't work out. Although, I don't know. Maybe he does – Maybe he said something behind the scenes. I, I know they talked about this, Stephen A. and the rest of the group on the Worldwide Leader this morning. Is it like, is it time for him to declare publicly what he wants? And my, my answer to that question is, is no, because he, that's never been his style, ever, ever. Of course, I think he does want to stay. I think he does like it there. I think he's, he wants his family to grow up there. I think yeah. he really enjoys it there, and they love him. You speak to any Blazer fan? And you think my love for Damian Lillard is, is <laughs> un, uncomfortable? You know, like, compete. speak to any Portland Trailblazer fan about him. And part of the reason why they love him is not just his style of play, but his style, period, mm-hmm. and how he has never once said, I want out of here. This is unworkable. I want to be in a big city. I want to be this. I want to be that. But if you can go to Miami and play with Jimmy Buckets and play with the rest of that team, minus, I guess, out of bio, well, the, is that, that a better situation than playing alongside Scoot Henderson and see how it works out with the of the rest of that team that you know that they put on the floor uh, in in the clip joint last year? And I know Jeremy Grant wasn't playing either, and they they were tanking mm-hmm. so they could have a shot at Wembanyama, which I think he would have asked. This wouldn't be a conversation, <laughs> if they, right? If they had won the lottery. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, he said previous to the the finals being over that he would. Miami was a place he wouldn't mind going to if they didn't win the championship. But he also said, Bam is my boy. Like, that would be the guy he, if he were to leave, he'd want to play well, with. he'd so have to give up somebody. Him, they got to break up their team for somewhat <laughs> for Damian Lillard, right? I mean, like, they're not just going to give Lillard away. Like, this isn't like a Bradley Beal situation where his contract dictates it. Yeah. So, um, I'm just wondering, has he said something behind the scenes or what? That is so fascinating to me because if Brandon Miller drops, to, then then you've got a different dynamic, right? What's their team look like? You know, like then you've got – but Scoot Henderson – Ready to play. He's going to come in and instantly be an impact player in this league. By the way, Scoot Henderson is built like a GAM. He's That's a grown-ass man out there. He's got the – I mean, geez. So, uh, but the, that's the question. Is either of these guys sitting there and saying if they stay put and they just use these player, the, the, this pick on a player and say let's ride with Dame, is that cool with him? 
And can they? Can can he? Is he calling up other people to say, "Why don't you come to Portland and play with me?" Yeah, is he recruiting behind the uh, scenes? What's happening? Yeah, who knows? I just that, is, we, that is the one of the greatest intrigues yeah. about tomorrow night for we've, me. We've also kind of seen this before. Kevin Garnett didn't want to leave Minnesota. He loved it there. He wanted to finish his whole career there. He won an MVP there, but he ultimately decided, "Look, I'm judged by championships. I have to leave to win a championship." It's just we don't know if. That's what Dame's mindset is like. Oh, he wants to win a championship. But he has to know they're not going to win in Portland. Well, not next year. Not next year. I think it's important but, but for him when? to say, I don't I don't have the answer to that question. Could they be better than Denver in the next couple of seasons? Seems unlikely. Well, just think about it. Dallas, Denver, too. Just hold on a second. So Denver began to blossom as the team that, that won it all in the bubble, right? Wouldn't we agree on that? Yeah, Jamal Murray kind of had a coming that's out what, party. That's when then, they started to show... You know, what, shoots, green shoots coming out of the ground, right? So here we are (laughs) three years later, and they're champs. So is he willing to find the right players, let the green shoots grow, and see if the two to three years plan that is being put in front of him is something that he accepts? The problem is he's going to be 33 years old this season. I hear you. So you wait three years, suddenly you're on 40, the wrong side. I don't know. I just sit here and think. Whereas, look, it's him hey, going and, to Boston, Philly, Miami, right, go, much, east, right, go east, go the east. The West is nutty. It's an easier path. Right. Go east. Right. Does he want to go to Milwaukee? I'm, I'm just literally throwing stuff out oh, against the I wall mean, here. He might, I don't know. He I'm, might be Reggie Miller. Look, Reggie spent 20 years with the Pacers. Like. Came close. Came close. Came he was comfortable. He was yeah. loved. Some people. He's may... in Springfield, Mass. He's in Springfield. He's on your TV, you know, once a week. Damian Lillard's thought process is, is as big a mystery as to who's being chosen second overall tomorrow. And just as important to so many franchises mm-hmm. in the league. You know? And and I don't know. I, do we get an answer to that tomorrow night? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no, too. Feels, we, are, we are here right now. Feels Rich. like a no. Because like, it's so epic. It would be a huge block. I mean, the NBA is kind of known for this around draft time. You know, big trades do happen in this league. Whereas, you know, the NFL, it's only been a, kind of a recent thing that big guys get moved via trade. A lot of information folks in the NBA are, have gone under today. Yeah, they turn have. The, turn the phones, put them on airplane I, mode. No, I mean, they're, they're there's a lot, digging for info. There's a lot Gosh. of yeah. chatter of like, yeah, we're, we're not going to, you know, I don't have 15, 20 minutes. It could be me. <laughs> you know, we reached out to a ton. There's no, a lot of traveling. Well, to, there's uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there, a lot of people are underground right now. I'm not now seeing them it. pop up on any other other shows. I know so that. It's a, you know, it's not an us thing. Oh, I'm I looking. It's a, I'm looking. <laughs> you know he's looking, Chris. Yeah, I, mean, I was noticing, too. It's not a YP. Yeah, I, I get it. Rich will call him out for it. <laughs> I want the tapes. <laughs> you know? I want the tapes. Want the More color. likely to get moved. Zion, Dame, or Jalen Brown in the next couple of days? I, I, if I had to choose, I'd choose your guy. Yeah. I'd choose your guy. Oh, baby. I'm still tripping off of Jay Billis saying the 80s music stunk. Like, yeah. And that he would choose Wembanyama over, over an 18-year-old LeBron. I mean, that's a hot take. <laughs> Robert Griffin, when we come back.